Hey, what's up, DFAM? Welcome back to the Weekly U Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Austin. This is my co-host, Danny G. And today we have an awesome episode for you guys. And we are joined by an extremely cool and humble dude. He's an independent artist straight out of Alabama. He has worked with a multitude of artists such as Migos, Rich Homie Kwan, and a ton of others. Uh, and has a dedicated fan base on both the music sphere as well as the crypto sphere uh, via Twitter. Um, I'm, honored, I'm honored, honestly, to introduce Lil Mook. What's going hey, on, Lil Mook? How are you, man? What's happening? I appreciate y'all for having me, man. What's up, Danny? What's up, Kyle? What's good, What's bro? What's going on, man? How it's good doing? to have you on, man. It's, it's, it's honestly officially good to have you on. We've talked like kind of back and forth via Twitter a little bit, and we haven't really been able to like just chill and kick it. But like, it's really cool to like be able to actually like have you on so we can like see face to face, kind of put a name to a face and just really mm-hmm. talk it out and see how see see what's up. So, yeah, man, how hey, are you doing, man? Uh, situated. We're good to go now. <laughs> yeah, we had a little bit of te- technical difficulties trying to get this thing rolling, but I think we're good now. I hope we're good now. For love of God, I hope we're good now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're straight, man. It happens. Yeah, we're good. Let's do it. Let's do bet, it. Bet, bet. All right. So, Lil Mook, I'm just going to go ahead and jump right into it. Uh, so, what we're going to talk about is kind of where it all began, right? So, all being right. from Alabama, uh, did you grow up in, like, a small town? Well, actually, I grew up, yeah, you can say it's a small town. Uh, I grew up in Opelika, Alabama, Um it's a small town that's maybe 10 to 15 miles from Auburn, Alabama. So Auburn is known for the campus and the university and the football team and things of that nature. So it's a select few of people that know about Opelika, Alabama. Opelika. That's a name, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny because it's like it's like the South just has like legitimately some of the best names when it comes to small towns. Right. Like in yeah. Texas, we have Mejia, Texas. Right. And Mejia is spelled M-E-X-I-A, Mexia. Wow. But they go Mejia. Yeah. But Opelika. That's yeah, interesting. I school, yeah, I went to school in Opelika all the way up to my junior year, and I transferred to Auburn High. And I actually graduated at Auburn High School. So okay, oh, so if you were officially at that point just an an Auburn native, an Auburn yeah, Auburn yeah I was there for sure. My family grew up in Auburn, but our family kind of moved to Opelika. But I still okay. have so much family members in Auburn, so mm-hmm. for sure. That's, well, that's what's up, man. That, that's kind of like me. Like I, I live in Needville, Texas, which is literally thirty minutes from downtown Houston. So it's like we call it the Greater Houston area. So it's kind of right. similar, right? Like the way Opalaka and uh, Auburn were, where you're just yeah. on the outskirts of the town, but you still you still rep the town. Exactly, most definitely for sure, hundred percent. So, uh, what was one of your favorite parts about growing up in Opalaka, though? Basically, man, it's a small town, so everybody kind of know each other, man. Mm-hmm. I like it because it's quiet. I've had the city experience for us when I'm going to visit Atlanta, New York, and all of these different cities. But the one thing I like about staying in Opelika, Auburn area, you have some sense of privacy. You know what I'm saying? You have that country mm-hmm. feel. You know? Like you can have your your home on your acres of land and, and have your, pri- your own privacy. So that's one thing I would like about staying in a small city versus a big city. 100% like I think that's really nice because it's sometimes like especially if you're in a big city like it's so easy to get doxxed right and it's so easy for people to find out where you live unfortunately especially in the day of the internet and if they want to find out they will right and oh, sure. having a place that's kind of like away from everybody and away yeah. from everything is really nice because then you can kind of like really actually have a private life and oh, yeah. it, it's unfortunate because sometimes like a lot of like a lot of celebs don't get that opportunity once they hit a certain level right and then it's just everyone knows where they live people are outside of their house every single day and that sounds horrible to me that that does not sound fun i don't want nobody blocking my driveway i don't need anybody like you know (laughs) trying to like come in my house like like peace and quiet right that shit sounds miserable to be honest like when when you see all these people just flooded by paparazzi 
I'm like, yeah. well, they're just trying to go Chick Fil A or something, and they just can't. <laughs> they're so damn famous, they can't. <laughs> like, I guess that's why everyone left LA, right? <laughs> everyone got tired of it of all the paparazzi and just started dispersing. Yeah, paparazzi is crazy. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So being from Alabama, uh, is there like a like a signature food like from Alabama that you like? Anytime you're out of the state, you're like, man, I miss this. Like, I need something like uh, I know barbecue in Alabama. Like, I know y'all got y'all famous for Alabama white sauce, right? What, yeah. But like, is there anything else out? Even even if it's Alabama white sauce, right? That that's just like your go to. Like, man, I'm I'm hungry. I want to get something. I haven't been able to have this, right? Like, I like like Atlanta's got like their lemon pepper hot, right? You know, Kentucky's got you know bourbon things like that. I just right. need a glass of bourbon. Like, what is that thing for Alabama? Well, for for. I speak for myself. I can't speak for everybody in Alabama. All right. Mm-hmm. So I hope people don't take this, you know, the wrong way. Be like, okay, well, little move. I, I do this. But if you in Auburn, Alabama, if you in Lee County area, I would suggest you go to Penny's and George. It's a soul food restaurant. And I mean, I'm not talking about a, just a specific uh, item. I mean, just good soul food, man. You, you talking about some people that can throw down in their kitchen, mm-hmm. man, go to Penny's and George in Auburn, Alabama, and you will be satisfied. And good soul food, man. I mean, I mean, they so good. They don't even stay open all day. They might open at eleven o'clock and close at four o'clock. You know Damn, what I'm saying? Like oh, no, so you know it's a good spot. Yeah. Like legitimately, <laughs> they run out of food. So yeah, man. Sure. yeah. Well, listeners, y'all listen to a little Mook, and y'all definitely go check that spot out because that sounds that sounds for boring, real, man. Honestly. Pennies and George, Pennies and George, Pennies and Pennies and George. Yeah, shout out to them. Man, if, if I'm ever in that area heading heading down from Kentucky to Texas, I'm I'm I'll, I'll drop by there because right. that sounds delicious. Yeah, that sounds sure. good. Then, so, and then they got the best Kool Aid. Now you know, ooh. you know we look like they got the best Kool Aid too. Now lemonade, whatever y'all call, it, they got some Kool Aid. I'm talking about the Kool Aid your grandma make in the kitchen. You dig what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I'm yeah. a sucker for Kool Aid, man. I, I grew up on Kool Aid. You know, growing up in California and East LA. I am a sucker for that. So if it's good cooling and good soul food, you got me. What's your favorite exactly. plate there, man? <laughs> they don't chinch on the what, sugar. What, You're just good to go. Like yeah, it's what, nice and what, sweet man. all the way through. For sure. What What's yeah. Little Mooks go to when he goes to Pennies in Georgia? Man, me personally, man, I like the cube steak. Okay. I, I, I like, like a real good cube steak, man. I love the cube steak, um, pork chop. Definitely super super nice. I mean, everything on that menu good. I'm not gonna say a lot to you, man. It's like somebody putting their feet in that thing back there. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, this is that good. good, huh? Well, I guess Straight it up. is if it sells out all the time. Yes, I'm telling you, man. I'm gonna have to check that out because I'm also, for instance, I'm 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 just a fan of like soul food style macaroni and cheese. Oh. Like just when they bake it, you know what I mean? Like you get that nice yeah. thick cheese at the top. And then when you're coming through, it's just nice and creamy and delicious. And sometimes, right. every once in a while, you get breadcrumbs in there too. A little right. something special. Right, there's a grandma Kool-Aid on top of it. Oh, oh, oh really? The little <laughs> Kool-Aid on top of it too. No, I'm just saying, like when you drink your grandma Kool-Aid. Type oh, stuff, finish it off. Have, have a good awesome. meal like that. Oh my god, Boy, that sounds like sleep. hell yeah. That sounds delicious oh, yeah, and man. filling. Yeah, that, that sounds amazing, bro. Next time I go to Alabama, <laughs> I'm going to hit you up. I'm like, let's, 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 let's go to Penny and George's. <laughs> yeah, let's do it, man. Let's do it. Hell yeah. So uh, we're going to go into the hip-hop, right? So what originally piqued your interest in hip-hop as a whole? Was there, was there like an artist that you heard for the first time and you were like, I like that. That's cool. Like, Or was it kind of like just growing up in the culture, right? And kind of being exposed to it as you kind of got older and being like, man, this is this is cool. Like, I want to do this. Well, 
I actually used to write poetry. Like when I was a kid growing up, I used to write poetry, fourth, fifth grade, like something like that. So mm-hmm. I was just good with words. You know what I mean? And I actually started to try to rap or whatever, but I didn't take it serious or nothing like that. Mm-hmm. But when T.I. dropped this album, I'm serious. T.I. dropped the album, I'm serious. I don't know what year it was, but I think I was in middle school. I'm serious came out. And that T.I. I'm serious album made me say, you know what? I'm going to be a rapper. I, I mean, I still go back and play T.I. I'm serious to this day. T.I. still one of my favorite artists. You know what I'm saying? Like when he just dropped his last project, uh, it was super, super dope. Good to see him back at it. But T.I. was one of my biggest influences um, to to get into music. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I started writing music back when I was in middle school. And it was a studio. This guy had a studio like right down the street from where I stayed at. I mean, I'm, I'm a teenager, you know, in middle school or whatever. But this guy had a studio uh, right down the street. So me and my buddy, we went down there one day and just and just hopped on the mic and started freestyling. You know what I mean? And he liked it and, and, and told us that we can come to the studio anytime we want. So I started going to the studio every day. I mean, I'm probably 13, 14, man, staying in the studio one o'clock in the morning. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like, like for real, bro, recording music. And I'm thinking I'm about to put a CD out. You know what I'm saying? I used to uh, let my homeboys hear all my little, my little mixes and stuff. They were back when we had the little karaoke machine. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So let my guys hear what I had put down and stuff like that. But the dude whole computer just crashed, bro. Oh man, he lost everything. <laughs> Damn. Oh no. Yeah, so his whole computer crashed, bro. So I I didn't put no music out in middle school for so from like sixth grade all the way up until maybe the end of my eleventh grade year. I didn't put any music out. So when I moved to Auburn from Opelika, I was telling you earlier that I moved from Opelika mm-hmm. to Auburn, and my eleventh grade year. So in Auburn, I met up with this guy um, named Impala, and he had a studio. Um, so I started rapping. You know, I started putting a, a mixtape together. So I dropped my first mixtape. It was 2000. It was January 21st, 2007. It was called Fresh Out of Class. I was about to graduate high school. My name of my first mixtape was Fresh Out of Class. Nice. And, man, when I dropped that mixtape, man, the whole city was on fire. I had an album release party for it and everything. You know, so you got to think about it. When you're in high school, you that's when you got your fan base. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like when people know that, hey, I got a dude that go to school with me that rap. I mean, like it was amazing. So just getting that love and, and stuff like that made me continue to do music. That's awesome. Hell yeah. yeah. That's- that you know, you, you said something really interesting and that it's a hundred percent true. Is in high school, if you start something off in high school, you got an instant fan base right there because you got all your classmates, you got the people yep. that like you, the people that don't like you, everyone's gonna be watching your project. Because mm-hmm. the haters are going to want to hate exactly. the people that ride with you, and then they want to put on for their boy. Exactly. Yeah. Yep, that's right. So, so I, any advice I would give to any, you know, youngin coming up, man, take advantage of the audience that you have in high school because, I mean, those people really, really rock with you early on, man. If you can just uh, capitalize off that momentum, man, you, can be, you can have a lot of success. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. That's one thing I wish I would have done when I started podcasting. I wish I would have started it earlier, you know, when I was in high school, because that's when I was riding with all the homies and everything. You know, once we all go to college and grow up a little bit, everyone kind of disperses, goes on their, their own, own way. thing. It gets kind of quiet. Like, Damn, man, if I would have done it back then, like, I would have had a bigger following. I would have kicked sure. off a whole lot yeah. quicker. Yeah, most definitely. And then, if you, and then especially if you take that same thing to, to college, you know, because you uh, amass a, a, a great following in college, too. You know, I've got a school down there in Troy. 
university. So got a following when I went to uh, college as well, and I just continued doing music. That's what's up. That's sick, man. That's actually super cool. I, I think also, honestly, too, I don't know how, how big y'all's Greek life was there, but even like Greek life, too, like if you can get like involved within the Greek community and like fraternities and stuff like that, they love they love music and having an artist with them and riding with them. Like, it's just, yeah. they, they, they'll, they'll, they'll show you out. Right. They'll be like, you know, like anybody from like Theta Chi, like, like where are we from to like OD5 to like, you know, just, just whoever, like Phi side. they're just like, let's be personally. I never got into that, but I had partners that was in it. Like to this day, I still have my capital partner, Marquise. He stay in Atlanta and, you know, we probably talk, you know, at least once a week, like, um, he just actually DJ Envy just they did a video a couple of days ago. He just joined DJ's Envy team because you know DJ Envy be doing the uh, the the real estate stuff and yeah. my, my partner my partner Marquise um, he was going to all of the events and him and Envy was cool and they actually gave him a chain and everything added him to the team. So big salute to my partner Marquise. He's a capital. He's doing his thing in the city right now. Damn, that's, that's what's dope. up, bro. That's yeah. what's up, especially DJ Envy. Like he's such a large market to be to be in his circle. That's it, that's it, something. Yeah, man. But, but I mean, Marquis a good dude, man. One yeah. thing about life, man. If you be good, man, it's gonna come back on you, man. Just be good, and it's gonna come back on you. Yeah, hundred percent. I agree. I agree. So, whether whether hip hop, you know, or not hip hop, right? When it comes to music, uh, who are some like other artists outside of Ti too that led you down like that? Like, man, like music is great i love being a, i love like i love music and i want to eventually be part of the scene right well when i was coming up man i listened to a lot of uh pastor troy i don't know if you ever ever heard of pastor troy but i listened mm-hmm. to a lot of pastor troy uh, and then there was a group called dirty boys out here in alabama I listened to a lot of dirty boys I listened to a lot of goody mob outcast uh, eight baller mjg um three six mafia Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, all of those groups like that inspired me to do music. You know what I'm saying? Like they had the South uh, locked down. And if any, if it's anybody that I didn't mention, I apologize. I don't want to go down a list of people trying to name. No, no, no. But I mean, that's like it's one of those things where it's like you know, there's there is a lot of people in terms of that that influence. Like, I like this sound. I want to like not necessarily project the sound, but I want to make this my own, right? And I want to build this and kind of like make my own lane when it comes to like showcasing like what I have in terms of talent. And mm-hmm. another big artist that was influential on me was Lil Wayne. Like I was a big Lil Wayne fan. Like when Lil Wayne when they had when the Hot Boys, mm-hmm. all that yeah. era, bro. I was nigga, I, I had Hot Boys tattooed on my arm in sixth grade. Did <laughs> you really? know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I thought I was a Hot Boy. You feel what I'm saying? Like Lil Wayne, BG, Turk, Baby, Juvenile, all them inspired me too. Man, that's Man, that, I mean that they were that takes big back, in bro. the South then though. Oh, like yeah, they were huge. Get Master P, and you can't yeah. get Master P, man. Shout yeah. out to Master P, No Limit. No Limit, man. No Limit, the yeah. Hot Boys, 3-6, UGK. Man, yeah. They all ran the South at that time. Yeah. Yeah, so that was, that was a lot of my influence in that. Well, hell yeah. Hell yeah, um, dude. I, I can see that, though. Like, they, they were so fucking big at that time. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I'm like, they they ran the game at one point. Like, For ran sure, the man. game, like. Yeah. When the the South had a, a really really good like like it was kind of like what from like the mid nineties up until like the mid two thousands where we had like the Dirty South just had like a good run. You had like anybody from Three Six Mafia to Paul Wall to Young Dro like you legitimately had like like Trey the Truth Zero like 
You had like hey, we still running. I don't know what you mean. Had a good run. We we've been running the game for a long time. That's true, and they're still they're still around. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Yeah. I, I know Atlanta's been getting a lot of love when it comes to the South lately, though. Like Atlanta's like just been building. It's I mean, been that's insane. A, that's the that's the mecca right there. Man. It's they, because they, they spit the artists out every summer. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's much. true. <laughs> pretty much. That's true. Yeah. For real, man. I mean, Atlanta's a big music scene, mm-hmm. entertainment now. I mean, it's, the, it's the Black Hollywood right now. Mm-hmm. But man, I mean, you got to think about it. You can go to Atlanta to the studio and bump into anybody. Like when I was doing. Um, when I was recording a lot of my projects, you know, I might book a session at Hot Beats or I might book a session at Patchwork. And, you know, I could possibly run into a Gucci man. Or I can possibly run into a Jeezy. You know what I'm saying? Or I can be at a store. It's just so many people that you're going to run into when you in Atlanta, man. Mm-hmm. It's, it's crazy. That's, yeah. a, that's insane. That's too. crazy, like, yeah. Just, like, thinking about that being, like, just, just a general reality, just being casually running into somebody. Like, it doesn't, like, being in Houston, like, unless you're in the city, like, and being from there, like, you don't really see nobody. Like, if you're from, yeah. like, the outskirts, ain't nobody coming. Ain't nobody coming to Rosenberg, Richmond. You know what I mean? <laughs> but... Uh, that that's interesting though um but you know going into like it so jumping in the scene right like so we talked about like you know atlanta is only now like an hour and 30 minutes from atlanta that's not bad at all yeah. that's the easy drive yeah it's like an hour and 30 minutes away man so we go up there from time to time it's an easy trip you can go up there and come back in, in no time yeah. is that your your usual recording place like atlanta or do you record in, in alabama still or what's that situation like normally normally when I go to Atlanta to the big studio, I go up there to to capture footage, you know, because when you've been in a big studio, you want to capture those moments. So when I go mm-hmm. do that, it's for the image. I want to capture the moment. You know, I'm going I'm to record my rough drafts here and I'll get them mixed elsewhere. That's really, to be honest with you, when I go to Atlanta to the big studio, that's really just for the image because, you know, and I got a guy locally that got a studio that got the, the, the good quality sounds just like in Atlanta. So if I'm going to Atlanta to the big studio, it's strictly for the image. I'm about to put a mixtape out. I want to have some good pictures. I want to do good videos. I want to mm-hmm. showcase a good image. So okay, one hundred percent. That makes that, sense. That makes sense. I always wondered that, like, uh, especially knowing like you're an independent artist, like I always wondered because I'm sure it's easier to record in your hometown, have your rough drafts, then go to yeah. a, a big studio and have them master it or or like record the finalized version. So, right. I mean, it's something that, that I've always, like, wanted to ask them. I just never had the opportunity to ask. That's why I wanted to make sure I asked that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's just me. I can't speak for everybody. You know, some guys go to the big studio because they have more access to it. It's more mm-hmm. accessible for them, you know. But it, it makes no sense for me to drive to Atlanta an hour and 30 minutes away every time I need to record. My buddy got a nice studio with good quality sound yeah. uh, 15 minutes away from me. Yeah, exactly. And that makes sense. Just, and not as long as it's good quality and stuff too, it's just, they don't make sense to drive like an hour and a half, spend a bunch of money on a studio. Right. When you got somebody right. that's like able to kind of help you out for, you know, not as, it's not as expensive. It's easier. And he probably does his own like work where it's like, you can tell it's coming from him and it's good and it's local and it feels good. Like, you know, yeah. There's that uniqueness, right. And that quality there. Yeah. Yeah. If I go, like I said, if I go to the big studio, it's strictly for the image, bro. Honestly. Okay. Now, okay, so jumping in the scene, right? We we talked about kind of jumping in like in high school, right? And kind of building like a fan base and then going into college and building that fan base there, right? But jumping right. into like the scene, was it difficult? Like was like when it comes to like a lot of the Alabama artists, right? Or any artists within the South, like were they welcoming 
or was it kind of like, did it kind of vary? Like when it was coming in, did they seem like some were welcoming, some weren't as welcoming and we don't have to go into details on who those people are, but more along the lines of, was it kind of difficult to really jump in as an independent artist? I mean, well, coming from Alabama, when I was coming in at the time, it was, it was hard to get on. Honestly, it was hard to get on. Uh, I mean, man, it's really hard to get on. That's what I was thinking in my head. You know, it was just really hard to get on, man. So that's why we always go to Atlanta to the studio and pass our CDs out in Atlanta and just do all of our networking in Atlanta, you know what I'm saying? But locally, I mean, the people around your local area, they'll support you once they see that you got a buzz going and they see you actually doing something serious. But I mean, it's a it's a lot of people that rap in every city. I mean, you can go to any state. It's a lot of people that rap in every city. So your hometown really don't take you serious until they see you um, on a different platform. You know what I'm saying? Like when my, when my city saw me uh, with Rich Homie Corn or Dobie or Dirty Boys, you know, then that's when they look at you in a different light. They be like, okay, Lil Mook doing something. You see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. that's when kind of really kind of get your full support. But I was throwing parties and all of this stuff, bringing artists down to perform and stuff like that. So I had support from the city, man. So once I got the support from the city, I try to, um, you know, go take it outside the city. But to be honest, which I got more support outside of my state, um, honestly. You know, just looking, when I go back and when I when I look at my numbers as far as my streams, my, my sales, mm-hmm. uh, the show and stuff like that, I get more support outside of Alabama. Not saying that Alabama don't support me because they do, but my mm. biggest fan base is not in Alabama. That's interesting, gotcha. though. That makes sense, it, though. Because like, yeah. we have a homie, uh, shout out to CA in the dawn. Um, he, he had a similar thing happen where like, we've known him. We've ridden with him from the jump, you know, from high school. He's been the homie and everything. But you can see where, well, like, local people, they, they really don't like they fuck with them, but they don't fuck with them. Does that make sense? Like, oh yeah, I get it. I get it. It's yeah, good. and like they gotta that, see him do something. They gotta see him do something. Like people mm-hmm. want to see you do something, uh, and and be beside somebody that's on or or see you doing something. Now I'm not saying that you have to go get a a big artist for them to see you doing something, but have a good video, have yeah. good quality content. I mean, long because somebody told me this a long time ago. My buddy told me, uh, "Moot, you big as you make yourself look." So if you make yourself look good and look big, then people will perceive you that way and everything else will just come with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. no, I, I 100% agree. I 100% agree with what you just said because, like I said, the homie, he, he's he been doing music for a long time and his biggest following, just like yours, is out of state. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we, we always, whenever we get a chance, we love having artists like you, like yourself, like him. Like, we love talking to, to our friends and like people were meeting along the way doing this podcasting thing and like sure. hearing their stories and that's like the one consistent thing i've noticed is everyone says like you know the people that ride with us they ride with us but the majority of them aren't our home base you yeah. know until you do something big like you said like he he just did some stuff with yg and manny fresh and now now i'm seeing a lot of no. like the the people in our circle be like oh have you heard of ca and this and that, that and i'm sure exactly. you you have the same exact thing yeah, they take you serious when they see you doing something. But listen, one thing I tell y'all, man, don't get mad or discouraged at some of your people that you thought was gonna support you and they don't support you. Just For keep sure. doing y'all, just keep doing y'all thing, man. And they will come back around, you know. Cause one of my biggest mistakes I made when I was coming up in the music industry, just you know, I would get mad and be like, damn, I feel like these people aren't supporting me, or this people or this website won't post me, or this won't do that, you know. 
Uh, but I mean, these people got a lot of stuff going on too. You know what I'm saying? So I can't, yeah. you know, say something bad about somebody if I don't know what they have going on personally and stuff like that. So yeah. don't take it hard. Don't take it personal, man. Just keep grinding and, you know, y'all support the call, dog. Hey, those are wise words, man, and we appreciate yeah. we appreciate you saying them because it's true. Sure. It's true. I mean, you guys, I'm sure artists see it a lot more than we do as podcasters. Because I mean, we started this for for shits and grains just to have something to do, you know, and hang out with the homies and, sure. and meet new people, you know. And that that's what we try to do on the daily and do do good by what we're doing. Right. For sure. Most and, man, I feel yeah. comfortable on the podcast, man. I feel comfortable with y'all fellas on the podcast, man. We can talk about anything. Let's go, Kyle. Let's go, Dan. What y'all got for me? I'm glad, Let's bro. Go, okay. <laughs> so, favorite memory. Okay, being on tour, right, and working with anybody anybody specific. Like, what's one of your favorite experiences that you've had, like, working with other people, right, when it comes to the music industry? Did you have something that just, like, was a really funny story about, like, an artist or just a really cool story about an artist? I know you mentioned something outside of the podcast. You said I had a pretty funny story regarding the Migos. Well, I is not this I, this this story was, was is pertaining to corn and and, and rich homie corn. So okay, I brought I brought I brought rich homie down for a show. Um, this before he just you know really took all the way off or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I brought him down for a show. After the show, I mean, we went right to Atlanta. We went to the studio. So the next day we recorded connected and. Rich the Kid, y'all know Rich the Kid, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Rich the Kid was in the studio. You know, we all was in the same studio. You know what I'm saying? Like Rich the Kid hit me up on Twitter. I told him I was at Hot Beats. He pulled up. So it was me, Rich McCorn, Rich the Kid, and my team, their team in the studio at Hot Beats in Atlanta. You know, uh, so we record the record. I didn't like Connected at the time. I hated connected. I hated my verse. You know what I'm saying? Like when I when I when I left the studio, man, I hated. I didn't like connected one freaking bit, dog. Uh, but the next day, Corn called me. He was like, "Bro, that song hard, bro." Like you know what I'm saying? He made me like the song. You did you know what I'm saying? Like I hated yeah, yeah, the song. Yeah. He made me like, I went back and listened to it. They kept playing it over and over and over. I said, "You know what? It's hard." You know what I'm saying? So, and then right after that, you know, Rich Homer Corn take off. Uh, Rich the Kid take off, and I know, and, and I'll be honest with you, man. Uh, when when I was coming up, when I was in the studio with Corn, when Rich the Kid was coming up, I kind of I ain't gonna, I don't even know how to say it, but uh, I just looked at Rich the Kid like he was a peon. That's how I looked at in my eyes. If I did, I apologize if that sound disrespectful, Rich the Kid, but I just looked at. You know, you like a peon in my eyes. So I was looking at like, man, this, you know, he come around the studio, so on and so forth. But little did I know, his ass take all the way off. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's no love lost. It, it sounds like I'm talking bad about you. I apologize, but it's no, there's no love lost, bro. I fuck with you. You did what I'm saying. But long story short, I didn't like connected. Rich Homer Corn made me like it. Rich the kid was in the studio. He took off, they took off, and I really didn't take off to where they went. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like yeah. I feel like even since then, like like when I'm when I'm looking at like your music in general now, like there was a point where I where I see it, right? And you have like this thing and it's starting to kind of boom right here around 2014. And you're starting to kind of see some growth and growth and growth. And then when you look on Spotify, it gets quiet, right? And then you see a little bit of pickup right there at 2018. And mm-hmm. then 2020 was like, boom, I'm coming back. 
like I'm ready for more. And then like you've been kind of building in 2020 up into 2021. So what, what, what kind of like, what's, what happened there? Man, to be honest, man, it was really financial situation. And I got in a bad place mentally. Mm -hmm. Now I did a mixtape called I am Alabama three. That's the, that's the mixtape that I had rich homie corn on. I think I had Young Rap on there. I don't know who all I had on. I had to go back and look at Travis. But anyway, Connected was on that album that was on that project. And that mixtape took off, but I put a lot of money in that mixtape. Like I put, I think I put like 25 G's in that mixtape. When you talk about features, production, studio time, pressing the CDs up, flyers. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, everything that comes with putting a project together. All right. So, I did all of that and I really didn't make the money back for it. I probably made like 15 grand back off that mixtape. Mm. You did what I'm saying. And I right. paid, you know, big money for my video. You know, I, I'm working with GT Films. I think he signed with Cash Money right now, but I'm working with GT Films. You know, I'm paying $800,000 for high quality videos. That's a lot of money out there. And it just really didn't come back to me. I was doing shows in North Carolina, South Carolina, you know, different. You know, places like that, of course, but the money just kind of dried up to be totally honest with you, man. And then when you mm-hmm. talk about an independent artist, when you look at these websites like World Star Hip Hop, Live Mixtape, Dat Pill, all of these platforms, they benefit from an independent artist, if you dig what I'm saying. Like they mm-hmm. look for, I mean, if you want to get your music on these people platforms, you're going to have to pay the price to get on there. But certain artists, they might just post their stuff for free. Mm-hmm. You dig what I'm saying? Yeah, so right. when you when you don't been in the spotlight where I am out of them three on the front page of live mixtapes, I don't pay them they feed they five grand or whatever. I think I paid them like five G on the front page of live mixtape. You know, I'm just paying all this money. I ran out of money. <laughs> to be honest with you, bro, I ran out of money financially. Got fucked up. You did what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and I kind of got in the dark space mentally. Mm-hmm. If you financially messed up, that'll put you in a dark place mentally. Yeah. If you see your peers taking off to where you think. You should be. You know, I got guys like Rich on the Corn take off Pune. Rich mm-hmm. the Kid take off Pune. Migos take off Pune. Then I had a part, my partner Bama. He got signed to Hood Rich, DJ Screen, take off Pune. I mean, I seen so many take Dobie, Pune. I mean, everybody around me was taking off. And I didn't really take off. So that put me in a dark place mentally, bro, the way I didn't even really want to do music no more. Because mm-hmm. I'm looking at it like, man, me personally, I feel like, man, I make good music. And there are people telling me, bro, you make dope music. I don't see why these people ain't, ain't picking up on you, so on and so forth. So, I mean, that put that put me in a dark spot, bro, knowing you make good music, knowing you don't put a lot of money into your music career and to not really see your career catapult to where you think you should be, is, is, mm-hmm. is that puts you in a depressed spot, bro. Yeah. So that's why I was at from 2013 to 2015, maybe, whenever I dropped Let Me Speak on it. Mm-hmm. Um, after I, um, I after I am album three, I dropped. Let me speak on it. So I just want to speak on my situation, what was going on at that time when I released Connected on that project. I felt like Rich on me corn at the time wasn't helping me promote the project. So I'm just in my feeling, you know. I'm just in my feeling, bro. I ain't gonna lie. I'm in my mm-hmm. feeling like that. He ain't retweeting, he ain't promoting it, so on and so forth. But a lot of fans and stuff they tweeting about the song all the time. But little did I know he was going through something personal himself. You know, he was going mm-hmm. through a label situation. He was in a bad contract where he couldn't really do a lot of stuff. And I, I got a mixtape that I dropped called Let Me Speak On, and I got a song on it called Get It Off My Chest. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm get it off my chest. I'm speaking on me and Richard McCoy's situation from my point of view, you know. And I just had to learn that, hey man, you can't you can't hold on to stuff and you can't assume anything because I can't I didn't know what Richard McCoy was going through personally. I can't assume that he don't rock with me. I can't assume that he don't fuck with me. He's just in a bad situation personally. So mm-hmm. we chopped it. We'll mean it that situation and just and just kind of move forward. But after that, you know, like I said, to answer your question, finances, and I was just in a really, really dark place mentally, bro, as far as I didn't even want to do music no more. Cause I feel like all these big websites and platforms just trying to get money from the independent artist. If you ain't got no money, they really ain't gonna post your shit. So if people really stop posting my music. I mean, it's just kind of mm-hmm. bad. I'm like, I'm not gonna keep paying y'all to promote my shit when I see y'all posting such and such for free. Fuck y'all. Yeah. yeah, no, 100%. Because yeah. a lot of times when they do that for free, it's for their own self promotion, right? Because they see, oh, we're going to promote this big artist, right? And then they're like, oh, that person, you know, that that specific, you know, site or whatever is connected to that artist. So we're going to, we're going to, you know, do this. And then it becomes this whole thing where, you know, they're building themselves up based on a bigger name. But, you know, in the background, a lot of these independent guys are kind of getting screwed because, like you said, they're paying a lot of those bills, those, all those back end bills. Artists, the independent mm-hmm. artists. Are gonna always get screwed because yeah. they're gonna get charged the highest to get on these platforms. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the music guy, look at the music industry now, bro. You gotta pay to get on these big playlists. Like that's mm-hmm. not organically putting your shit on these playlists. Like that's one thing I hate about the music industry, bro. Like it, it, that's why I started taking my music off these streaming platforms, bro. Because mm-hmm. I'm not finna promote y'all site if y'all ain't gonna promote my music. Because at the end of the day, all I'm doing is promoting a link to y'all website. Trying mm-hmm. to drive traffic to y'all website. Y'all ain't got me on not one playlist. Y'all ain't sending no tweets out about me. So I said, you know what? I'm going to create Lilmoot.com and I'm going to go directly to the consumer. Oh, Fuck that's fire. Fire. Yeah. streaming. That is fucking fire. I, I, I love that, that your perspective on it and how you flipped it on them, you know, because yeah. a lot of people, they, they back down when, when, it, when it gets hard like that. And you, I mean, yes, you took a break, but you just you came back with some fire. You know, you re revamped your, your the way you're doing stuff, and that's fucking dope, man. Yeah, appreciate it. Appreciate you saying that. So I'm in a better space right now. I'm actually in the best place of my life right now, man. Oh, like man. mentally, financially. I mean, I mean, I'm in a I'm in a really really good space right now, man. Yeah. That's, that's awesome, man. Up, and, man. And like that whole thing, the whole situation when it comes to like Rich Homie Quan, right? Like that's that you could, a lot of it, you can chalk it up to just being young and being in like the scene, yeah. right? And kind of like having yeah, that just, idea of like, man, like this person doesn't fuck with me because like yeah. I'm not hearing anything from him. And mm-hmm. it's, it's literally just being young because like, like I said, we've kind of talked about like with my, the family situation I was talking about, right? But like at the same time, like I have a bunch of people who tell me like off the cuff, like I'm actually, I've just been really busy. I've been wanting to hear what you have to offer. And then they listen to it and they love it. Right. And it's the same thing when it comes to that too. He's like, he's trying to promote it. But like, like you said, and we'll talk about that later when you get in yourself in a bad contract with a, with a label, that's not really pushing your stuff. Like that drowns you and you're not able to really speak on anything because especially like that, they kind of, they limit what you say on public social media. They limit like how you do certain things. Like at that point they own you. Right. And so like, they could put you in a place where you really can't talk about anything or with people you used to associate yourselves with. So, I mean, it makes sense. And like, it's good that you guys like kind of squashed that and like talked about it. And like, I think with age, like you kind of see like, I was never that way in the first place. Like, I just right. being young, right? Communication, just being young and dumb too, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, let me tell you another story in that same era. So, uh, when me and Corn recorded the connected video, we shot the connected video uh, in Atlanta at this little open warehouse or some shit like that. So, after the video shoot, 
this is before um type of way came out do y'all remember rich on the point type of way mm-hmm. that, that record yeah right, so this type of way it came out so after the video shoot you know we, we was all standing out there and corn called me over to the car he like look i want you to hear this record so he started playing type of way it hasn't been released to anything right so it was another guy at the video shoot recording that moment. He was recording Rich Homer Corn, letting Lil Moot listen to Type Away. So uh, we all listened to Type Away. He's basically performing to the camera this new record that hasn't been released. All right. So the next day, the dude released that video on YouTube. The song is not even out. Oh, type Away oh. is not even out. He released that the video with Corn singing that on YouTube, bro. In 24 hours, the video had a million views. Damn. They had, they had to snatch it offline. Uh-huh. They snatched it off. They snatched that video offline that we that they did at the Damn. video shoot that day. They got it pulled offline, and then that's when they picked Type of Way as a single, and they just took off. Now, mm-hmm. I'm, now I'm not. I didn't say that to say. Hey, uh, type of way take off because they were gonna do what they were gonna do regardless. But I think mm-hmm. that was super dope that that moment was captured and put out there, and it did those type of numbers in twenty four hours. That was super dope. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's awesome. When you heard it, were you like, "That's a bop"? Like that's yeah. that's that's oh, yeah. that's heard, it. Yeah, when I heard that, I like that's the one, bro. Like you out of here, you gone. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, that's wild, bro. Man. Yeah, so that's that's a dope story. Super, super yeah. dope story. That is a super dope story. Well, yeah. what's it called? So we're gonna go into the crypto stuff in just a little sec, but I do want to give you a huge shout out and congratulate you and your wife on hey. your wedding and getting married. Congrats, uh, congrats on that. Hey. That's awesome. Yeah, y'all hand claps in right now, man. I appreciate that, man. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. That's sure. I think that's awesome. Like that I don't know, dope. like like we we kind of talked about this off the podcast, but. It's cool. Like, even though, like, yes, you, you said you're, you and your wife have been together, like, since, like, senior year of high school, like, as just, like, a couple, right? And sure. if I'm not mistaken, you have, you have, how many, how many, how many kids together? I, me and my uh, current wife, we have five, four kids together, but I have four five kids, kids together. I had, my first, yeah, I had my first kid when I was 17, turning 18. Okay. And then me and, my, me and my wife, we have four kids together. We have three boys, one girl. Wow, that See, sounds like a beautiful family, man. Congratulations, that's, yeah, one hundred percent. That sounds like a beautiful. That's love right there, too. Like, <laughs> man, we've been together for fifteen years, man. We don't have our ups, we don't have our downs. No relationship is perfect. Uh, no. But one thing I learned about being in a relationship, bro, uh, communication is key. Like, if y'all can sit down and talk about something, like, hey, I got a problem when you do this, or I got a problem when you do that. If y'all can sit down and talk about it, find some kind of common ground, the relationship will flourish and be so much better. Absolutely. I think that was one of the things that really helped me and my wife. Like when we first started dating, right? Like a lot of stuff, like, cause we were both young, we both started dating when we were in our, our twenties. Right. But I had, I hadn't turned 21 yet and I was trying to figure something out. And my wife had already been 21. She was 22 at that point And kind of like, right. she was she, at this point, she knew what she wanted right now. I really didn't, but like yeah. she would see that I was young and not want to speak on certain things and certain things that she was like feeling. And sometimes she wouldn't talk to me about it. And then all of a sudden <laughs> out of nowhere, like she'd be like i just can't believe it. and she'll show she'll break down and i'm like exactly. you gotta talk yeah. about this like i know i understand like i'm i'm a kid right like in, in a lot of ways like you know i'm still growing up still trying to figure this out but like, i'm here mm-hmm. for you, right and eventually like we really grew from that and then like now we're you know we've been in a relationship for two years been married for two we've been in a relationship for almost seven years we've been married for two years that's and, the beautiful uh, you know, thing congratulations yeah. 
to you guys, man. That's a beautiful thing, man. Love is a beautiful thing, man. Oh. Mm-hmm. So find love, I mean, it's a beautiful thing, man. Honestly. 100%. Yeah, it's special, man. Yeah, I agree. I literally married my best friend, bro. Like, me and my uh, wife can talk about anything. Like, I literally yeah. married my best friend. Beautiful that's the thing. best, man. That, that's that, beautiful. 100%. Yeah. Appreciate y'all mentioning that, too, man. That's super dope. Of course, oh, of course man. Bro. Congratulations. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, you found love with your best friend. Shit, that's a lot of people dream of that. Yeah. Not to mention, like, even though, like, yes, you guys have been together for a while, being married is different. Like, it feels different sometimes, too. Like, yeah, it doesn't some things don't feel the same, but then you start kind of connecting certain pieces of, like, that puzzle that you've been missing, and you're like, right. oh, yeah, that's different. That's what that's supposed to feel like. I like this. Like, yeah. So. The sharing the last name, things like that too. Even it's just like that's nice. That feels. Oh nice. yeah, I like yeah, that. That's the big one. Yeah, it's just like yeah, that's a good one. That's a big one. That's a big. <laughs> but yeah, yes, no. Sir. Well, all right. So next up, we're gonna go into Kyle's crypto corner, right? Um, so we're gonna talk first of all, like one of the reasons that like I found you too, and like a lot of people within the sphere found you is for one of your new songs, which is out, Dogecoin to the Moon. So yeah, we 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 noticed that you had you just had a love for this cryptocurrency, right? That song is fucking awesome. We, we I love I like using that in my stories when I can. I, I really have a lot of fun with it. Um, but like, what are some of your favorite cryptocurrencies on the market right now? Like, what 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 kind of like led you to crypto? Was it like you know Bitcoin, Ethereum, other things? And like, what are your current favorites? Outside, like even outside of Dogecoin. Well, to be honest with you, bro, I didn't get into investing into stocks and crypto until last year, like 2020, around like April or May or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I always heard about marketing and stuff like that, but I didn't get into it until like April or May of 2020. So mm-hmm. I was working at a car dealership. Um, when COVID hit, I got laid out my job. Mm-hmm. So that's when I delved into the stock market. I started doing my research on the stock market. Um I delved into it, started investing money into the stock market first. I started in the stock market. Uh, I had a little success there. Um, and then after that, I mean, I jumped into crypto. The first cryptocurrency I ever bought was Dogecoin. Okay. Hell yeah. And yeah. Uh, my my brother-in-law, my wife's brother, uh, he called me one day. It was back in like, maybe like the first or second week in December of 2020. He called me, he was like, bro. Have you ever heard of dog corn or dodge corn or something like that? <laughs> I like, I, I mean, I see it on Robin Hood. I mean, I, I don't really know what it is. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so he went into detail telling me about it or whatever. So after I got on the phone with him, I did some research on it and just, just checking out, you know, this doge corn thing or whatever. And I was like, well, Robin Hood don't have many cryptocurrencies on here. It's maybe seven of them. So mm-hmm. those coins on here. Maybe something's going to come from this. You know what I'm saying? So I said, you know what? I'm going to take $300 and I'm going to buy 100,000 coins. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's what I did. I, I bought I $300 when those coins were like 0. .003 or some shit like that. Damn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I bought 100,000 coins and then when I seen it going up, I bought another 100,000 coins. Damn, that's what's up. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so at one point, I think I had like 270,000 Dogecoin or something like that. Fuck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you know, I mean, you know the story from there. Oh, uh, yeah. But 
Uh, so I was I started tweeting about Dogecoin, but because mm-hmm. I, I love the community, you know, once I started tweeting about Dogecoin, I saw that it was a community. I was like, man, this is super, super dope right here. Like these people mm-hmm. are really positive. They retweet. They, you know, I mean, it's dope. So I just started tweeting about it. Uh-huh. People start. I started tweeting about it more. I said, hey, so I don't got, a, I don't gain a lot more followers from just tweeting about Dogecoin and stuff like that. So I salute everybody in the Dogecoin community. Um, I mean, that's one of the reasons I stick around. I still buy the deals because, I mean, just the Dogecoin community itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a beautiful thing, man. Everybody, I love everybody in the Doge community. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And then uh, Billy, he followed me, you know, like the co-creator of Dogecoin. He followed me. We chopped mm-hmm. up and t- I'm in DMs. He liked my tweets and stuff like that. I mean, it's a beautiful community, and I really think Dogecoin is gonna be the, the the cryptocurrency of the world because I mean, everybody keep talking about it doesn't have utility and things of that nature. But I mean, these major big companies wouldn't be accept and start accepting Dogecoin as a form of payment if they didn't think it had no future. I mean, yeah. you gotta think about it. You know what I mean? You got a cute dog. You know what I mean? It's a meme. You know, you got a big community behind it. I mean, you can easily mm-hmm. put this on your brand and market it easily. So if sort of, so if you don't think those corners going to the moon, you are a fool. There we go. I 100% um, agree can, with that. Can, I, can we clip that and make yeah. it sound funny? <laughs> we'll, we'll, leave, we'll, we'll throw that in as like one of our main clips because I think that's like, that, yes. I agree. So I've been around since I've been doing it since early 2020. Like I've been invested in Dogecoin since then. And I, at first I was swing trading it. Right. So when I first started, I was just kind of going in, see it go from 0.003 to like 0.005. I'd sell there. And then I go back. I, down used, to hate, I, I used to hate guys like you, man. <laughs> y'all were the guy that would never let it get past a penny. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And, well, at first, because that, that's how it was. I used to have, I used to have a hundred thousand coins because I bought it for like, when I was at like the really low point zero 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 two, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I got like a hundred thousand coins for like four hundred bucks. Hell yeah, that sounds great." And right. then like I I did that, and then like we then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna hold this. I'm gonna hold on to it. I'm gonna see what happens with it. And uh, <laughs> then I started getting involved with the Reddit community, right? And Reddit Reddit's got a, a huge Doge community. Uh, just it's it's just massive. It's crazy. Right. But one of the uh, one of the developers who happened to be on there at the time basically like because i had tried it we 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 and a few other people within the community were trying to kind of like hey like there's utility here there is something here that we can use and build right and that's what we wanted to kind of like showcase and then basically i was kind of told like doge is going to be what doge is doge is always going to equal one doge if it goes up great but if it doesn't like we don't really care like we just have fun with the community right and for some reason i was kind of like why don't you like, I, I didn't read that in the same way that I said it. Right. I read that as like, you don't, you don't believe in this, Like you don't believe in this. And so it took the belief away from me. And so I sold. Um, and then I bought back in when it, the, the big TikTok movement came. And at that point, I really noticed, I was like, look, this, yes, like, yes, is boomed. And yes, this could potentially be a pump and dump. Right. But at this point, like I see, like people are looking at this now. People are watching this. People are really right, seeing it's it. Mainstream. Mm-hmm. Right, it's at mainstream. this point, it is yeah. mainstream. Everybody know about those coins. My kids know about those coins. Mm-hmm. That's one reason it's gonna stick. It's mainstream. Mm-hmm. Those coins exactly. Where it it's already around seven or it, eight years. If you think it's going somewhere, you are a fool. That's what I'm thinking too. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's literally yeah. like so fun. And then yeah. I I bought there and I held. Right. And at that point, I only had about 10,000 coins. 
but because I just put like, you know, I think it was like a hundred dollars in there just to see what would happen. And that was about at that point, that was about 10,000 coins. And then it hit five cents. Right. And then it hit eight cents and then it dropped back down and I didn't sell because I told myself I'm going to hold and then it went from, yes. And then it went from 42 cents to 75 cents and I didn't sell. Man, you want to hear a crazy, you want to hear a crazy theory of mine? uh Huh? Yeah, go ahead. Let me tell you my crazy theory. All right. I'm no, I'm not a big conspiracy theorist or nothing like that. But I believe, because you can look at it, bro. You got all everybody talking about Dogecoin, all the retail investors talking about Dogecoin, big news media outlets talking about Dogecoin, Elon Musk talking about Dogecoin. Yes, when Dogecoin went to 72 cents, the whole market has been on a decline ever since. Mm-hmm. And I personally think that's intentional. I think somebody don't want Dogecoin to I'm telling you, bro, whenever this, this shit goes by the, the, the bear market or where we're in right now, the downtrend, Dogecoin is going to take off because you cannot hold it back for long. I mean, it's going to be the people's currency, all right? Yeah. I think it's a, uh, it's a, I mean, somebody is trying to just keep Dogecoin down and everything else is going down. When Bitcoin go down, of course, everything else goes down, especially when mm-hmm. you got China. You know, China uh, cracking down. Then you got the governments trying to regulate this stuff. You know, these people don't want to see the average American keep making a whole lot of money off of cryptocurrency, some shit that they haven't regulated yet. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. I agree with you. I, I've said it from from when I got into crypto. I, I got into crypto what last year, Kyle. Yeah, yeah. Last I kept year, bothering you about it late last year because <laughs> Kyle kept telling me he's like, "Man, get in crypto, get in crypto," and see, I, I was skeptical because like I had Bitcoin way back in the day, and like when it was less than ten cents to buy a Bitcoin, wow. and like, I ended up selling it all. You know, when it got up to like a thousand bucks, I was like, "All right, I'm just gonna sell it all." I you, were, you know, you were buying stuff on the Silk Road. Like, oh, of course. I mean, I, I I got Bitcoin when Bitcoin was just on the black market. Let's put it that way. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so I had it, and, like, I ended up selling it once it made a little bit of profit. And I was like, all right. And, like, I made my money on this crypto thing. It's new. Whatever. And then Bitcoin bubbled and, like, fucking took off and and just skyrocketed. And I was like, damn, like, I, I really missed out on this. Like, you know, I, I got FOMO. I was like, fuck, I missed out. And then, you know, uh, me and Carl started right. talking a little bit more about, like, crypto and stuff. He's like, man, get in Doge, get in Doge. When I finally did, and like right. I started entering the community and kind of listening to like the, the the Twitter spaces once it started happening, and starting just educating myself on it, trying to learn as much as I could. Like in right. my mind, I was it clicked. I was like, "Whoa!" Like Dogecoin isn't just a currency. It isn't just a meme. Like at, at least the way I see it, Doge is a movement. Like it it is a movement. It is a change of power. It's yeah. it's, it's making poor people yeah. wealthy. Like it were. It's honestly one of the biggest and most important movements I think in our in our lifetime, because we were literally like but flipping the switch easy, exactly, and that's the that's one of the main reasons it's not going to be easy to go on this moon trip because they're going to keep trying to slander it down and make all the weak retail investors sell, right? Mm-hmm. Because they don't want us to keep making all this money, man. Exactly. You think people, you think the. I don't even want to go into it, but you think these people want to keep letting the poor people make a whole lot of money off cryptocurrency? You crazy? Yeah. They can try to find a way to regulate this shit, man. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, and it's, I still it's think, a change you know, of power. I mean, like yeah. we're, we're literally changing the power of wealth, and it, it's scaring old wealthy people. 
like that's this what is it massive is. transfer right like it's legitimately like in a lot of ways like this is like people talk about the transfer of wealth right wealth right but like cryptocurrency as a whole and, and especially dogecoin are really showing that that shit's real like it's yeah. really happening and that's possible and people are terrified of that right especially the wealthy people who are invested in the stock market um they they are very scared of crypto um because i know at, at, it, it creates a new market, right? And at that point, like that market will decrease as a result of the crypto market booming. And it, it, you saw that, you know, at going through that, you've seen like when crypto had its big bull run um, last year, as it was kind of coming into December and Bitcoin hit that massive, you know, 64K mark, right? Yep. It, 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 it caused the stock market to not recover mm. like it was supposed yeah. to. Like pennies were already being hit really hard. Like, the penny stocks and stuff, they were already getting mm. slammed by hedge funds. Um, there's this massive, you know, GameStop thing happening in the meantime, that was also causing a massive decline on top of like all of that on those penny stocks and those smaller like stock companies. But now you have this, this market, this separate market that legitimately can change the face of the way that we see, you know, modern finance. And that's terrifying to them. They don't want it. They don't want that to happen, especially if the retail investor, the standard you, me and whoever can learn and learn how to do it and make millions off of it they can't stop it the biggest reason they can't stop it is because of social media mm-hmm. yeah. they can't stop it then you got too many big institutions investing in these cryptocurrencies as well you know uh like you got the grayscale you know what i mean you Black got Rock. people that's got you know what i mean because those big institutions with money is not going to allow cryptocurrency to go anywhere so they may regulate i don't know I don't know too much about the regulation stuff. I mean, it's too much for me. But yeah. they're going to find a way to regulate. They're going to try to. For sure. To. But, it's not going, but it's not going anywhere. It's not going away. Mm-hmm. I don't think so either. It's too I much think... big money and too many big institutions invested in Bitcoin and Ethereum and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, I think in terms of like mass adoption, it's not here yet. Like when we, we see like a lot of us within our circle, right? And like in the circle of cryptocurrency, like we see that it legitimately like there are people that are buying, right? That are buying crypto that are in this in the space. But in the scale of like the world, we haven't touched mass adoption. And when that no. happens, and it will. The average, yeah, the average person is scared. Yeah, they don't get it. They don't get it. They don't understand it. They don't want to do the research on it. Right. So you once, know? once, give it five years. I don't know, maybe three years. I mean, but once. Uh, uh, I mean, the more of the public or, or the more the population be more receptive of cryptocurrency. I mean, we still we still early. We still early. If you're investing in mm-hmm. cryptocurrency, it's still early. I know it's been around for you know eight years, whatever, however long it's been, but it's really still early because people are still scared of it. You know, these companies are just not starting to adopt it and, and take these things as a form of payment before long. It's going to be introduced into the banking system. The banking system going to be using the blockchain, so it's not going mm-hmm. in. Yeah, no, it's here to stay. I, I agree with you. Um, now I guess so. But so to answer your other question, sorry, I didn't uh-huh. get to your other. Oh, you're good. Go ahead. Favorite, some of my other favorite projects outside of Dogecoin, um, I like Amp. Uh, he's on the Flex for the Flexor Network. Um, mm-hmm. I like Polygon slash Matic. Um, mm-hmm. Layer two oh, solution I like, for. I like Matic a lot. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. lot of potential. Uh, I really, really, my my second wife outside of Dogecoin is going to be StormX. StormX? I like right. Storm. I don't know about StormX, but StormX is basically 
crypto back. Just like you get cash back when you shop online, these different retailers, you get crypto back. And they already partnered with over 700, 800 different companies already. I mean, mm-hmm. you talk about, you know, Adidas, I mean, Bam. Walmart. I mean, they partnered up with some some big companies, man. Um, and then they, and I, I was looking at them the other day and they only got uh, like over 42,000 holders. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a coin that's, in my opinion, I think it's going to be worth easily 50 cents. I don't know when, mm-hmm. but I mean, that's a good project. Uh, they got a, a really cool app. You can stake your coins right now. And it's, it's a super dope coin. It's written now. So I think it's less than two cents right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I bought a million of them motherfuckers. <laughs> Fuck it. Hell go. yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Like I like Storm too. I was in Storm for like a little bit. Uh, recently, like my, my big hitter is BTT, BitTorrent token. I like BTT. Uh, yeah, I got BTT. Yeah, I have um, about 300K of BTT. I like BTT. I like BTT. I see its potential. There, analysts are I saying do. five to seven dollars in the next five years, and I'm like, if that happens, happy with that. <laughs> man, you can't yeah. listen to these analysts. These motherfuckers don't know what the hell they be talking about, man. With That's very true. Crypto space, anything can happen. I don't yeah. see so many penny stocks in the stock market go from goddamn it five cent to fifty dollars. I don't see cryptos go from three cent to fifty dollars so man don't nobody know what this shit gonna do man yeah. it's still so new in the in the in the span of things and that's <laughs> and that's why that's why i like you know looking at an analyst point of view because usually i just i just aim a little higher right because at that point you see okay they can see it's five to seven dollars and they have this little like idea within the stock market and they're pretty you know in the stock market they can they can measure it better right Mm-hmm. But with crypto, you don't know what's going to happen yet, right? Like, I'm just still, like you said. So usually I, I like to aim if it's going to be, you know, their five to seven dollars. My PT is a lot higher than that, mm-hmm. personally, I because I'm nice. like, if they see the if they see the potential in it, then, you know, you know, I, I see the potential. Man, in it. some of this stuff, can, man, some of this stuff can just blow up overnight. Crazy how volatile it is, the market is. So, mm-hmm. I mean, oh, sometimes yeah. it's crazy, man. So. Lately, bro, I just been investing in good, good projects that I feel comfortable with for future reference. Mm-hmm. I'm not messing with any more of those shit coins that come out every five minutes. I'm not doing that shit anymore. You know, I'm not fucking with none of the bullshit coins. I'm only investing in good projects that I believe in because I don't make too much money to be investing in some bullshit. So I'm yeah. gonna invest my money in smart projects that I feel comfortable in from six months to five years from now. Okay. 100%. I've stayed far away from quite a few of those coins. Those coins scare me. The, the BSC chain token coins and the, you know, the, and the, the ether like project coins, like those, those, those honestly freak me out. Like with the exception of like a few of them that I did invest in early, like I, I invest in safe moon and I have a couple other pieces that like, I kind of like just have a little bit there, you know, $50 here, $25 there just to see what happens. But all I'm saying is I'm not every new coin that come out every day, Please stop tagging me. Yeah. Know, all these, uh, you know, I mean, I'm not buying that shit anymore. Okay? Leave me alone. Agreed. No, no, no P token. No, like, you none got, of that. Just, you got your base no, thank you. now. Yeah. But, okay. So when it comes to Doge, right, we have this big project that's going to be happening in October known as Doge Palooza. Um, yes, sir. I know. Shout out to everybody in Doge Palooza. Shout out to G. Shout out to Satan. What's happening to my people there, man? Oh, hell yeah. We like those guys a lot. Like, we actually had them on uh, an interview about, what, the two, three weeks ago? Two weeks ago. About two, two weeks ago. Yeah. And uh, we, we talked all about the project. And, uh, you know, they definitely shouted you out as well. Um, mm-hmm. And just talked about some of the arts that were going to be there. Like, so, okay. 
So we know how you kind of got into Doge, right? And kind of found your way there. What led you to Doge Palooza? Was it going through the spaces or was it just kind of like him, like Greg approaching you? Well, this is what happened, bro. Like, since, you know, since, the, since I've been accepted into the Doge community and I've been embraced, um, I've been thinking, I was trying to think about uh, something I could do to make it fun and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? So I just sent a tweet out one day and I was like, I think I've got an idea of like a Doge Festival. I, I can't remember the, the exact wording of the tweet, but I mean, everybody started retweeting. I think it, I mean, it got so many retweets just talking about a Doge Festival. Mm-hmm. And Doge, Greg at Doge Palooza sent me a deal. And he's like, yo, this is what we're working on. We would love to partner up and bring you on board the team. And we just, instead of naming it Doge Fest, because I mean, anybody can have that. And they just tell me all the reasons why those festival probably wouldn't be a good name. So honestly, I, I it sounded he sounded right. I mean, it made a lot of sense as far as we talking about branding and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So he was like, we just do those Palooza. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I thought it was a great idea. Um, and we've just been running with those Palooza, you know. So that's how that relationship began. You know, G hit me up on Twitter. We chopped it up. Um, mm-hmm. We've been doing conference calls at least, you know, maybe twice a month recently. Mm-hmm. We had one here. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I love uh, Sadie. Um, I haven't met either one of them personally, um, but the conversation that we have, I like the energy, I like the vibes, um, and all of the stuff that they're doing behind the scene is, is, is tremendous. I mean, they're doing a lot of work when you talk about conference calls, uh, booking these venues, you know, talking to these different people. I mean, that's uh, that's a lot of work, man. So, I commend them and I salute those Palooza and, and, and the whole team behind. Uh, what they got going on because obviously I can't be so active, you know, with the whole project, you know, but I'm going to support it and perform at the project, but they deserve all the credit because they're doing all the hard work. Uh, so salute to everybody at those Palooza and I'm, I'm excited to perform um, ecstatic about that for sure. Yeah, oh yeah. Buddy. And we're, we're excited to see you perform. It's going to be fun. Yeah. 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 And I saw earlier that those Palooza, they, they did uh, like a, Charity, I think they donated to what was it the American Cancer Society? I think they yeah. donated, yeah, like, yeah, over 4,000 Doge points to, to them or something like that. So I thought, yeah, that was super yeah dope. That was so cool. sincere Doge, uh, which you probably popped in his space maybe once or twice. Like he kind of comes in and out of like you know, Coco spaces and a few other places, but he has his own space that he runs 24 seven. Right. And he does that with like another, you know, I think group of like three other people, which is like LS Doge, and then I think one other, which is Major Tom. And those are like okay. the three, the three guys. And they run a, they run a, uh, just a 24 hour space and they talk about everything. Right. Um, and they actually worked with Greg and Sadie and made something called the swear jar for their 24 hour thing. And what it was was people that were willing to do it would, if let's say hypothetically during the day, specifically, if, uh, it was going to get a little raunchy, right. They would, they cut, if they cussed by any means, they would put something in the swear jar. And so it kind of grew and became this thing. And that's, that's actually the money uh, that swear jar is actually the money that they were able to donate to the, uh, to the, oh, to, to the actual dope. cancer society. Oh, so that's, that's where it comes dope. from. That's yeah. That's dope. That's dope. So shout yeah. out to everybody that donated to that. I mean, that's what Doge is about, man. Do only good every day. Donate, tip. I mean, spend those. I mean, there's the only way we're going to make those the number one cryptocurrency we got to not only hold those, we got to spend gotta those. It. It. We got to spend it. We got to tip it. We got to actually use it. You know what I mean? I'm 100%. Sure. Yeah. And it's awesome to see that it's going to a good cause. Like, you know, the American Cancer Society is just, mm. it's just the, the first one in a list of many that is potentially going to be, you know, really benefiting off of, you know, 
Dogecoin and people like really putting it putting the love and and, and, and actual like work into this project right Mm -hmm. and so we're looking we're really looking forward to dogepalooza and you know what's going to happen with it as as well as uh you know dogecoin as a whole i i was going to bring this question up but you know do you feel like uh this bear market we're in right now uh do you think we're going to be crawling out of that market soon uh or do you think we're going to be stuck in this little red trend for a little while longer uh and this is like i said this we're not none of us are financial advisors we're all kind of like just thinking about it kind of having an idea watching you know trends and when it comes to like whether whether it be watching trends via like a chart or watching trends via social media and the way that, that the way that the kind of like it's flowing because you can kind of tell and it does have some effect on the market right what are your thoughts on that to be honest with you man i i don't know when we're gonna come out of this market because i'm not a technical analyst and i don't pretend to be mm-hmm. um, so i mean i don't know when we're gonna come out of this market bro i mean I, we've been in this market for like two months now right mm-hmm. i mean yeah. Every day you wake up and check your portfolio, you'd be like, I'm not looking at this thing anymore. It hurts, man. You know what I mean? Like it, it just don't really got that bad, bro. Like I don't even want, I don't even look at my portfolio every day like I used to because man, it's just been bad. Every every time you get on Twitter, it's something bad coming about cryptocurrency. They just been slamming it, they just been hammering it, hammering it. I mean, I don't know when we're gonna come out of this market, bro. I'm not gonna sit here and lie to you. I have no idea, but I don't want people to give up on Dogecoin. I want you to continue to buy Dogecoin, continue to spend Dogecoin. Um, mm-hmm. But we all know when Bitcoin goes down, the whole market goes down. One hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's hard. It, it's hard for another altcoin to break out when Bitcoin going down. I mean, it's really, really hard. I mean, you got these people trying to regulate it. You got China doing crash down. You got all these different articles talking about. I mean, it. it I mean, they just slamming it right now, bro. I don't know when we're gonna come out of this market. I'm not gonna say yeah. a lot to you, bro. I'm buying the dips and um, hoping that we come out here this motherfucker soon. But the mm-hmm. but yeah. the bull run did last for a long time. You know, yeah. I will say that the bull run it was a massive bull run. I mean, every it seemed like every day something was going great. I mean, it was it was crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, so beautiful. I mean, you, you gotta have this. I mean, you gotta have you gotta have your down your down market to 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 you know to to come back strong again. You dig mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Absolutely. No, I, I 100% agree with you. I think like when it comes to it, I think it's going to be a while personally, mm-hmm. uh, but that's just based on opinion rather than any kind of like analyst. I just see like there being a longer, because we had such a good and long bull market, I do see it trending and yeah. continue to trend down probably a little bit further. Just, I don't know how, like where that stopping point is. Um, an analyst or somebody there could tell you that, but I think we got a little bit, little bit lower to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that being said, there's a lot of catalysts that could potentially throw this thing back and back in the back in the running. I you think know? it's gonna come and, back and stronger. It'll go back honest. to the bulls. So yeah, yeah I, and I think yeah. yeah, it's gonna come for sure. I, I have no doubt that it's gonna mm. come back stronger. The market is gonna bounce back, and when it bounces back, Bitcoin going to a hundred thousand. There you mm-hmm. go. I think so too. There you go. I think so too. I just don't. It's just. It's just the question Bitcoin. is when. Exactly. So I mm-hmm. I, I can't now. I I don't have an answer for you there, Brody. It's a patience yeah. game. We just gotta ride it out, and when it gets good, it gets good. When it gets low, it, I mean, it's low. With that but being if you said, believe in, but if you, that's why. That's why I tell anybody that invest, man. If you're gonna invest, make sure you invest in a project that you fully believe in. Now, if you mm-hmm. invest for the long run, you really don't care what the day to day trading do. Yeah. You know, if you if you gonna be in this currency for a year or two years, whatever your your target is, your strategy is, uh, you know, you don't give a damn what it does throughout the day, every yeah. day. Exactly. It's 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 100%. a long it's a long game. 
yeah. But no, I think cool. I think we're we're moving in a positive direction. But we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there, like I said, there's a ton of catalysts that could potentially happen. I'm not gonna bring up any of those catalysts because people love sure. to put dates on things, and that's definitely yeah. what causes. I think, in my personal right. opinion, what causes a lot of these drops, right? Uh, people love to make when, these dates. That is one thing I hate. I hate when the community try to set a date that Dogecoin is gonna pop off. Man, that shit is not. It hasn't worked ever since they've been doing that. Stop yeah. set. Please stop setting dates. Just mm-hmm. let it go organically, and it's gonna do what it's gonna do. But don't be setting no dates. Exactly. Talking about it's gonna do. This. But every date that they set, it have a massive sell off. Mm-hmm. Agreed. It's it's basically legitimately giving ammo to short sellers to to short right. on that day mm-hmm. and buy right. you know sell it so they can buy back in and push that sucker up. But on their terms, right? It becomes at that point it becomes their terms of when they want to see it grow because they're gonna sit to keep it as low as possible to continue to try and accumulate before they start bringing that sucker back up. And that yep, scares exactly. a ton of new investors. Yep, yep. All right. So what we're going to do is before we go to the topic two, uh, we're going to go ahead and play Dogecoin to the moon for you guys. And we'll be right back. And... All right. Bet. Go. Doge going to the moon, Doge going to the moon, Doge going to the moon, Doge going to the moon. I got Doge in my wallet, transfers and deposits. I just bought a space suit, we taking all like a rocket. Doge going to the moon, Doge going to the moon, Doge going to the moon, Doge going to the moon. I got Doge in my wallet, transfers and deposits. I just bought a space suit, we taking all like a rocket. I got the Doge, I bought it depending though it was below. I still be buying the deal. Weak hands already on sold. Me, I just buy and hold. Cause I know what it's about to go. I got diamond hands, I won't panic sell. Cause my average price so low. When it take a dip, I just average up. I'm trying to accumulate more. I remember hearing about Dogecoin when it was .004. Stop hating on Doge, you a peon. We already endorsed by Elon. Mark Cuban and Big Snoop Dogg. We hit the dollar and beyond. Doge coin to the moon, Doge going to the moon. Doge coin to the moon, Doge going to the moon. I got Doge in my wallet, transfers and deposits. I just bought a space suit, we taking all like a racket. Doge coin to the moon, Doge going to the moon. Doge coin to the moon, Doge going to the moon. I got Doge in my wallet, transfers and deposits. I just bought a space suit, we taking all like a racket. Those are three, two, one and we're back i really hope you guys enjoyed dogecoin to the moon like i said it's 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 a it's really dope. fucking dope yeah. song so hope you guys enjoyed listening to it um yeah, next up we're gonna go um go ahead mook i'm sorry no no i'll just no i'll just i appreciate it oh 100 percent next up we're gonna go into oh oh i'm sorry I'm, i i just i just gonna have to say it's it's a dope ass song i mean it, it's just fire and it's perfect for the time perfect for the movement can't wait to hear yeah. you perform that, you know. Yeah, gonna be dope. yeah, when I heard the beat, I was like, man, this beat right here is perfect for this type of song because I was looking back on my catalog and I'm I'm big for making um for I mean, I made a song called I Am Alabama. I named damn near every city in Alabama. Um I mean, I'm known for doing like, you know, I think I got Alabama lingo. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm known for doing, you know, you know stuff like that. So I like this be perfect for, you know, Something yeah. like this. So I just made the song and I, I thought it was super dope. Oh, hell yeah. Super dope I definitely song. agree with that. Like I said, can't wait to hear it live, man. Most definitely. I'm ready to perform it live, dog. For yes, sure. Sir. 
Yeah, we can't wait to freaking hear it, man. It's going to be a blast. Wherever in Texas it's going to be, because I know the date hasn't been officially announced yet, or the ve- well, the date right. and the venue, so that's coming, though, just mm-hmm. for oh, the for listeners sure. here. Yeah, it's coming very, very soon. Uh, there are people that, that do know when this is happening, but they're they're making sure everything's ready, fully set, and that will, that will be announced at a later date. So patience yeah. is appreciated from the Doge Core team, the Doge Blues yes, Core team, so thank you for that. Yeah, man. Shout out to the whole uh, Doge Blues Core team. Much yes. They're working yes. real hard behind the scenes. Yes, they are. Shout out to everybody. Uh, All right, so let's, let's move on to the next one. Yeah. So with topic two, we're going to talk about a little bit about the life of being an independent artist, right? We kind of touched on it like a little bit, right? In topic one, but really it's like, what kind of like led you down the path of, re- of remaining independent, right? Um, what was there ever an opportunity where a label did kind of like come up and be like, I have this offer for you. Like I have this, this contract that you can sign. And was it something that potentially was appealing or did it, was it like staying far away from that? I mean, uh, just being in the music industry, coming up as an independent artist, of course I've had labels reach out to me and, and, and try to sign me and things of that nature. But I just never felt like the money was enough to be totally honest with you. Because I was looking at it like I can make this in the street, mm-hmm. I, you know. So, you know, none of the deals that I was ever presented with, well, I just never feel like it was enough. Um, and I'm definitely not going to be giving away my publishing because a lot of deals want you to give up your publishing and stuff like that. So I just feel like I just felt like it was better for me to stay independent, go the independent route, mm-hmm. like especially when you got <clears throat> sites like TuneCore. Uh, CD Baby, Distro Kid, where you can upload your own music, pay the subscription fee, and just put your project out and get paid 100% of your own profit. I mean, that made more sense to me. All I got to do is make a good project, and if it's good, it'll take off. You know what I'm saying? So I'm still in the process of trying to make a really, really good project and catapult my career to the next level. You know what I'm saying, Cole? Mm-hmm. I mean, we all st- I'm still, I'm still waiting on my big mama. You did what I'm saying? So, I mean, I'm just going the independent route because I just feel like it's the best route to go. You can go directly to the consumer. That's what the game is going to right now. It's going mm-hmm. directly to the consumer. And I feel like being independent is good. I'm not taking away from anybody that's on a major level because I've heard that, hey, you know, going through a major, then going the independent route could be uh, a good learning curve for you too. So, you know, nothing bad about the label. Um, you know, if a, if a label ever came with me at a significant amount of money that I thought would change my whole life, I probably would have signed. But with the money that I was always presented, I mean, I got that money out of the street myself personally, so yeah. it made no sense for me to sign. Yeah, yeah. And that, that makes, makes sense because, like, there's no point in giving away your masters and your publishing for money you can make on your own. Like, right. Like, I mean, I mean, I can make a quarter million dollars on the street, bro. Like, I can yeah. get a hundred thousand street. Like, if y'all gonna give me some money, it gotta be something gonna change my life. Give me two point five million, three million. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? What like, the signing bonus, straight. right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean. It makes sense too, because too, because you also hear these horror stories, right? Of signing with a label, like like I think one of the biggest examples, like right now, is like especially in the hip hop community, is designer, right? Designer got hit with a label, and then he had you know Timmy Turner, he had you know Panda, and then you don't hear anything from him. You know, you hear a few projects here and there, like at the beginning, and then he drops off. Why did he drop off? Not because he didn't have music. He was wanting to release projects and actually get stuff out there, but because of the label and what he was dealing with, they weren't letting him release anything. And so he was just like, look, like I, I, I'm in a bad contract. Like they're starting to kind of like put my, push my music further and further down, making it harder for me to release stuff. He's like, so I have nothing to put out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that happened to him. And now that he's released, he releases a bunch of music. But by that time, 
it's too late. He lost you know, his it clout. gets to the point where he's he lost that following. He's lost that that build that he had, and now he's stuck in this situation where I don't even think he does music anymore. Like that I'm, sucks. I'm sure he's better. Hey, he what you got to think about? It? What you got to think about it, man? I think designer, my personal opinion, I think designer messed himself mm-hmm. strictly for uh, his sound. You know, he sounded like Future. Mm-hmm. You got to think. Everybody thought he was Future. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know no artist. Well, I ain't gonna say that. I'm not gonna say that. I was about to say I don't know no artist that sound like that, that still made it, but all these motherfuckers sound like nowadays anyway. Uh, <laughs> so I can't. I really can't say that. But I just think that his biggest. I think he, the, the biggest thing with him was he sounded like Future. I think that hurt him because Future is Future, and it's not gonna be another Future. That's in my mm-hmm. personal opinion. I agree with you yeah. on that. 100%. Especially, especially when because Future was popping so big by then. Of course, the, the the labels are gonna shelf you and put put their their star child or poster boy above someone that sounds exactly like it. That's that's a solid point too. So I think I think you're right, Mook. I think it probably was a little bit of him too that ended up messing himself up because he didn't differentiate his sound right. He didn't he didn't make himself unique, which ended up you know for a producer standpoint they don't they don't find it interesting at that point. It's like if you can't give me something that's unique, I don't want to work with you. Like. And like That's I said, like, this is my opinion, bro. This is not fact, so don't y'all don't take it and think and hold little mook and think out. You know, it's just my opinion. I don't, you know, it's no fact. You know, I think it's good though because we'll, we're going to talk about something in keep it or eat it, which is the one of the segments we do that actually deals specifically with this topic. So it'll be All good right. to kind of get more of a perspective on it because actually, like I agree with you because I think I think I think you're right. I think when it comes to like the similarities of artists. Like when it comes, they don't want to hear the same thing over and over again. Like, and neither do the people, right? They like it every once in a while, but once stuff becomes too saturated, they get bored. It becomes and, a hard sell. Mm-hmm, and it becomes, you, then you're looking for something new. But yeah, we'll get into that. Um, so, okay. So, okay. One, okay, personally for you. So what's been like the biggest benefit to you being independent? Like what's something you could say like, this is, like I got, I got something really good out of this. Like, and I feel better. It's probably what you said. Like a hundred, get being able to own a hundred percent of your publishing, as well as earning a hundred percent of your profit. You're not having to yeah. share with any label or anybody, but. And yeah, and then just having control. I mean, I got control of my music. I got control of my masters. I got control of my all of my social media's profile. I don't have to ask nobody. Hey, can I tweet this out? I mean, I'm just. I mean, it's just a lot of freedom. Mm-hmm. When you talk about being, you know, you you your own boss. Uh, right, and then you can do podcasts yeah. like this one. <laughs> yeah, you can just exactly. come in. Podcast, like yeah, because you know? we actually ran into that issue. Uh, uh, a rapper from here, local Houston rapper, his name's uh, mm-hmm. Bo Bundy. He was supposed okay. to hop on this podcast, but like the week he was gonna hop on, he signed to a label, and the label told him he can't do it. There you mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. Prime example. Prime example. I, I want full control of everything. So yeah. If I ever make it as a big artist. If I don't make it as a big artist, that's cool too. Uh, but some kind of way, I'm gonna be uh, have my hands in the music industry in some form or fashion. Of course, and you know the, the, that's interesting what you say because like I I see a lot of big big independent artists like Snow the Product, Tech Nine, Hobson, where they made their own path in in uh, in, in the music industry, and they got such a huge cult following. So it's like yeah, even, even if you don't pop off to mainstream, I mean. You're still fucking making money, you know, living yeah. living the, the, the life of a star without having right. that yeah. excess clout. You got your peoples out that rock with you, and they'll rock with you forever. 
Yeah, you mm-hmm. made a great point. Tech Nine was a great example. Tech Nine is a beast. He's got a, a, a cult following and big salute to him. You, that was a great example for sure. Great yeah. independent. Oh, yeah. Huge Even MF Doom, too, like RIP, but like, man, that dude was just like, I mean, he had that really cool fan base, had a really, people were talking about him being one of the big best lyricists of all time. Like still, even out, even though he wasn't like, you know, out there on the mainstream, right? As an independent artist, he was deemed one of the best. As a lyricist, and, like, yeah. People will still keep him in that conversation, I think, even 10 to 15 years from now as an independent artist and say, you know, when we're talking about the best lyricist of all time, like we're going to, MF Doom's going to be in that conversation versus somebody that's mainstream right now that may be this big, you know, mm-hmm. big guy at the moment. Most definitely. No. But um, yeah, so that it wasn't very long, but that's pretty much our uh, our topic. We were just kind of like going, wanting to know a little bit more about you know being an independent artist, kind of just kind of reeling that in, kind of getting more of an idea of like what what that's like, like what that life is like, right? And uh, I think you've you've explained it really well, even in like part of topic one, like we got to talk about it a little bit and see your point of view on it. And I think it's I think it's awesome, honestly. I think I think it's really cool to see like an independent artist just really making waves in his own way. Like mm-hmm. you're making your own lane and you're building something. I think that like long-term, I think you're going to be a lot happier with, but yeah. that's, that's just my personal opinion. Yeah. So I appreciate you saying that, bro. Oh, of yeah, course. 100 man. Like it, it's, it's true though. You're cutting your own path. You're cutting your own path and no one can take that away from you. I mean, you you own yourself, which is fucking awesome. A lot of people can't say that in the music, music industry. You know what hey, man, I see you got a little moose. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, that 100, much love and respect. Yes, sir. You know, we, <laughs> we had to do a little light board for you. Yes, sir. I appreciate it, man. Y'all make me feel welcome, man. I'm of course, man. Right now. You of course, man. That, that's what that's yeah. what this is all about, man. Like, like, like I was telling you earlier, and like, we started this podcast to meet new people and like just have fun and... And one of my favorite things is talking to artists, like people that are up and coming, people that are established. Like, it's it's the coolest thing to get to learn about the music industry and get to learn like what it takes, you know, to be an artist. Like, you you've taught us a bunch of stuff today that maybe people would have never even thought about. And like, I I don't know, I just I really appreciate you coming on here and like talking to us and just you know educating us, showing us like how you got into this stuff. Me I mean, on, man, it's the first interview I've done in a long time, bro. So I was excited to do it. Uh, I appreciate y'all for having me on and keeping me in mind. And like I said, I, I haven't been interviewing in a long time. So this is a lot. <laughs> you know, that's why I really kind of got out everything I need to get out because I haven't spoke uh, in a long time. Yeah, for oh, sure, for sure, man. man. I'm glad I'm glad you feel comfortable enough with us to like just kind of speak your mind, talk yeah. about some of the things that were kind of going on and really like kind of just, you know, see what you're at, where you are now, what you're doing, like in the, in, in the work you're putting into like your future and where you want to yeah. be. Like, I feel like this like yes like you did talk about this right like you hit this point where you, you did feel like man like i don't know if i want to do this anymore but now it seems like you came back hungry if you know what i mean that you came mm-hmm. back hungry you came back ready and i i, I think we're gonna be really excited to see some projects oh yeah out, we're man. here for it man um, yeah let me speak on it volume two is on the way i planned on dropping it in august but it don't look like they're gonna happen because i'm gonna have to re-record all the songs fucking crazy Damn. So okay. I gotta go re-record all the songs and gotta get them remixed and mastered because something mm. happened with the guy computer. I had one of those middle school moments again where <laughs> all my damn songs were lost and I didn't have them on a external hard drive, the sessions or that. So I gotta go re-record the whole fucking project. Damn, so dude. It'll come out at least the fourth quarter of twenty twenty one. Sorry. But no, it's well, we're excited regardless. Hell Maybe yeah. it'll be a good Christmas present. Yeah, buddy. 
So we're gonna need to send you a hard drive, man. <laughs> we can't have you losing yeah, your music. Yeah, man. Right I got it. It's on the hard drive. I just didn't <laughs> save my damn sessions on when I recorded these records. It happened. Like, I was man. too cool. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I got, I got, I, mean, I got all the beats, got all the lyrics wrote in my phone. I just yeah. gotta go re-record it. Like, no. One thing I tell you, it's I mean, nothing like the first time you record something. I don't know if y'all know that, but the first time you record something is always the best. Yeah. Yeah, because it's oh, raw. Yeah. It's it's yeah, just straight it's raw. The, the motions there. It's hard to recreate emotion sometimes. Yeah, it's hard, bro. So, man, yeah. you, you know what I need you to do, Mook? I need you to get uh, yourself a backup for your backup. <laughs> yeah, the back a backup. Man, yes, backup, sir. Backup. <laughs> and then yeah. if you if you need to, you know, burn it on the disc or something. That way, okay. <laughs> if something goes down, you still got a copy. And you got that mixtape you could just build out of. <laughs> Most definitely, man. Okay. Yeah, man. <laughs> well, All right. uh, what's it called? Up next is uh, our last segment of the night. Uh, it's going to be actually be brought to you by Doge Palooza. Um, right. So it's actually called one of our, it's actually personally one of our favorite segments, which is called Keep It or Eat It. Uh, so okay. Keep It or Eat It is where we take user suggestions on just about anything and take a vote on whether it's cool enough to keep or whether we should trash suggestion and eat it to the moon. Uh, you can okay. send us keep it or eat it suggestions by tweeting us at the weekly pod at Danny underscore G nine five one. And at it's that guy, Kyle using the hashtag K O Y. All right, um, let's do it. So the first one is uh, government acceptance of cryptocurrency. So we've been seeing recently that El Salvador and a few other South American countries have been very accepting of Dogecoin, or not Dogecoin, but Bitcoin. And uh, so they've, uh, I know El Salvador specifically has announced it as its official Currency. Yeah, they, um, they actually bought each uh, citizen $30 worth of Bitcoin. That's mm-hmm. dope. Yeah. Yep. And they don't have they don't get taxed on it like we do in terms of capital wow. gains taxes because it's utilized as a currency and not a uh, and not a uh, what is the name of it? Um, the, if it? Something that you hold like a stock, the equivalent mm-hmm. of that. I forget what it's dope. called, but that's super dope. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, what, am I supposed to say keep what? what, what? Yeah, yeah. So, if, do you, if do you, you like, like it, you keep it. If oh, you don't like it, you eat that. Keep it for sure. You keep Perfect. it. Bring yeah. that shit over here. I, th- I think that's a keep across the board, man. Because yeah. we we yeah. need keep. to get rid of this whole capital gains tax. Throw that shit out the window. Let us make mm. some money and let us, you know, become a great country again. Let us be rich as fuck. Everyone yeah, should be rich as fuck that. here. <laughs> we keeping that, dog. Yeah. For sure. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Next one, uh, T Pain speak. This has actually happened uh, recently on one of his live streams when he was doing on Twitch. Uh, he was listening to some music that he was sent, and honestly, he hated it. He didn't like it, and so he went on a rant, but basically stating that you know he thinks that there's already way too many people in the music industry, and especially in hip hop, that's way too oversaturated. He's okay. like, we already have a little baby. We already mm-hmm. have the baby. We already mm-hmm. have a little Uzi Vert. We don't need music that sounds like that at this point. Y'all can make heard, something else. That rant. I heard that rant, but he wasn't. To, what I took from that rant was he wasn't talking to the people that's actually own and established like Lil Baby and the mm-hmm. Baby. I think he was talking to the newer guys that's coming into the industry. He was saying, "Look, yo, y'all don't go this route. We already got this shit. Don't go this route. Exactly. Make something different." So I. I think that's what he was talking about for mm-hmm. the exactly. that's coming on the scene right now. That's what how I took it. So yeah, um, and that's how I, I took can... it as well. 
Um, but I see him, yeah, I I see him basically. Uh, okay, perfect. Then you keep it. that. You think that's a good idea. Yeah. Like, I agree with him because I, I think T-Pain, like, the speaking truth, honestly, I think he was legitimately just speaking the truth. He was being honest and he was being honest to a oh, young I'm generation. My, my, my wife, we back. Oh, okay. all good. I was like, uh, but yeah, no, I, I completely agree with T-Pain. I think he's completely right on. And I think he's really good about kind of teaching the younger audience. Mm-hmm. At this point, like, that's not what, that's not what, like, I would see it from the sense of you're going to send something to T-Pain, right? You're sending it to the equivalent of a producer, right? Like, he's got a lot of, like, you know, stuff he's worked on directly with people and has song, you know, he has, like, master's titles. He has things that he has helped produce, right? At this Here point, you're bringing, like, you're bringing this this piece to a legitimate producer and he's saying no i want you to do something else like i see what you guys are doing we already have that make something else be unique be yourself and that's what's gonna that's what's gonna elevate you and i think like him doing that will be of benefit i think maybe like five to ten years from now yeah um, i mean we'll keep it. I like, I, I, we'll keep his rent i like his rent honestly yeah. I like his rant too. Uh, um, I'll keep it as well because just like Mook said earlier, what, what could have possibly been what killed designer's career was he sounded too much alike like Future. And we have a lot of those people where they just sound too much alike and we don't need it. We need the little Everybody Mooks in the world. We need the CA, the Dawns. Yeah, to be honest with you, bro, I don't listen to a lot of hip hop. I listen to a lot of R&B nowadays because I really feel like everybody's sound the same. So I listen to a lot of R&B. Yeah. Gotcha. Who, who's in your playlist right now, if you don't mind me asking? Right now, you got I got Summer Walker. Okay. I got her. Oh, I okay. love her. Yeah. Her and Daniel Caesar, bro. Like, I got um. Oh, I love Daniel Caesar. I love Daniel Caesar. Um, let me let me see who was right now. I can think off the top of my head. It's in my playlist. I love now. I go on the rap side, but he kind of sing to me. But I love Rod Wave. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like Rod Wave as well. I like, and I like Drake too. You know, Drake. He, you know, he's just an artist. He's just a musician. I like Drake. You know, what I'm saying I mm. like Drake as well. Um, Snow. Oh, Snow the product. Yep, I like Snow. Yeah. Um, you know Leon Bridges? Of course, you can't. Who? Leon Bridges. I haven't I haven't tapped into to that, I'm, to that. I'm gonna put you on. I'm gonna put you on with a couple of songs. He's he's more old school R and B style. Like he's like a young guy, right? But he's he's kind of tapped into like you know, that, like almost soul. like sitting on dock of the bay, like that kind of style of music. Oh, like when you when you hit that note, you reminded me of Khalid. I love Khalid. Khalid oh, Khalid's yes, awesome too. Yes, I appreciate I that. By the way, that's <laughs> very nice. Yeah, I um, love Khalid, bro. Like Khalid. Oh, I love dope, he hasn't dope come music. out with a bad song, honestly. Like I think every single song that I've listened to, I've enjoyed like thoroughly, mm-hmm. and I've yeah. listened to multiple times, like that I've heard from him. For sure, yeah, I love Khalid for sure. Yes, sir. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's see. Khalid's okay. Uh, next up, uh, Twitter Spaces. So we've been on Twitter Spaces, and a lot of the reason, like you know, we've been able to kind of tap into specific places and learn that is because of it, right? But uh, sometimes they can get a little crazy. <laughs> and be unnecessary or get wild or like do you like twitter spaces like do you keep them like would you keep them as something that you think is a benefit to the community or do you think like we have we can have better methods to kind of like communicate with one another and still build like like i will will keep twitter spaces i like twitter spaces basically just uh just stole clubhouse ideal i mean Mm -hmm. i like twitter spaces Mm -hmm. though yeah 
Okay. Keep that. Okay. I'd keep it as well. Um, I think some people think it's a little bit um, that it can get a little crazy, but like, I, I kind of like that. I like the human side of it because you're talking to people that you would never talk to on your day to day. Right. Like in mm-hmm. Twitter spaces, I've had conversations with people from, you know, different parts of Africa. I've had people with conversations with people from like Wales. Bro, uh, those Ireland, are honestly Australia. my favorite Twitter spaces. When you, when you hear like people's perspective, especially in the, in like the crypto space, when you hear people's uh, perspective from other countries and how they're trying to integrate it into their businesses worldwide, mm-hmm. like that, that's my favorite part of Twitter spaces, to be honest. The the amount of information that flows through there at such a quick pace and to so many people, it, it's it's crazy. It's awesome. Yeah. I think it's dope. I, I like I've only been in maybe four, but I like it. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. I think, I think that's good. And I think that's a... Uh... What's it called? It, it, I'm glad. I, I would love to see you jump on some more if you ever get some free time and you're not super busy. Come on and hang out with us sometime. Yeah, I'll come on and kick it with y'all for sure. Come chop it up. Yeah. Like, I think it'd be pretty fun. Um, I do have a couple of listener questions uh, from okay. some of the Doge community. They definitely wanted to uh, kind of just listen to you and kind of like to ask some questions. And they, I think they have some good ones, right? right. Talk let, to me you. Pull them, let me pull them up real quick. Right. Um, and I'll give you their names of who they are, uh, so you're aware. I bet. All right. So one second, then we'll add this back in when it comes back. But damn it, Kyle, I thought you no, were be prepared. I'm sorry. <laughs> Got to be better about this. <laughs> okay. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Um, so mm. this is coming from. Uh, Doge Mouse. So he has, a, he's one of the people that's on there. He goes by Doge Mouse. Uh, I know family is extremely important to you. Uh, do you want more kids? Hell no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you hit the cap. <laughs> You're like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> Simple. I think that's no, nice. And done. Easy. No more, no more, yeah, no more kids. There you go. Um, okay. Uh, the next question also coming from, uh, Doge Vows is, uh, how much, uh, weed is smoked during a recording session? <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. Back in the day, I used to smoke a lot of weed when I was younger, man. But as the older I got, I found out that it don't take much weed to get high, man. So I'll just gotta get that good stuff, huh? Mm-hmm. I need this one. One blunt, I'm good. <laughs> Hell yeah. Go. That's a bet. Um, okay, this one goes. Yeah, yeah, one blunt, I'm good, man. I don't need to bet, bet like I Yeah, okay. I feel like that's all you, I feel like if you're going to do that, you know, I that's mean, all you need to kind of cool off and I relax, feel like right? It just depends on the grade of the weed, right? If you get cheap yeah. weed, you need a lot of it, but you get that well, you, know, you also don't want to be in the studio like sitting out back like this and just kind of oh yeah like, oh, yeah you just yeah, wait for but, me i'll be i'll yeah, be there you can <laughs> get that good stuff you're gonna know your, your tolerance and it, mm-hmm. one blunt does it and it does it i mean you're not trying to get now, i'm gonna go ahead and guys my phone is on five percent and every time i hook it up to the charger it just kind of lags so okay, okay. i'm, I'm gonna run to just hold out the interview until I, before i commit my phone because they're to the charge lag out Oh, all good, bro. We're going to run. I'll run two more questions and then we'll call it. Um, and then we'll go do the outro. So uh, the Desbro shows, 
Uh, he goes, and I know you've kind of answered this a little bit, but I wanted to hear. I want you to hear this piece. Uh, when do you predict Doge is going to hit a dollar? Keep grinding, Mook. Your song Dogecoin to the Moon is a banger. Hashtag do only good every day. Hashtag Dogecoin to the Moon. Man, I honestly don't know when Dogecoin is going to a dollar. I thought it would be before the end of 2021, but the way the market is set up right now, I honestly have no idea, bro. Okay. Perfect, perfect. Okay, that makes it nice and easy for me. Um, Okay. And then we answered that one from Signature Doge, but shout out to Signature Signature Doge. He was asking what got you into the rap game. Uh, Why do you stay? Um, What would you, would you recommend it? What are some of the biggest challenges you face within the industry? Like I said earlier, I got into the rap game. I used to do poetry. You know, T.I. was one of my first albums I listened to that made me want to do music. Um, I stick around the music industry because I like, you know, some of the fans and the community. Um, but far as, I mean, it's just a lot of bullshit that come with being in the music industry. So I just stay independent. Um, if you find your pocket in the music space, hell yeah, you can get in and stay around and make you some money and have longevity in it. So. I'm not going to discourage anybody from getting into the music game. So if it's something that you know to do, whether you are, you know, um, poetry artist, uh, make beats, whatever. I mean, I encourage you to get into the music industry and find your space in it. I mean, don't let my experience or somebody else's experience uh, deter you from doing something that you have a passion and love for. Damn, that was perfectly said, man. Uh, Lil Mook, thank you so much for being on. My phone on 3%. I'll do one more question if you got one more for me, dog. All right, let me see, let me see, let me see. Uh, well, while he looks for one, I just want to say thank you for coming through, man. I do. One more Let's see. Mook, I, I appreciate y'all having me. Dude. Yeah, dude, we, we appreciate you coming on, man. It's all love here. And uh, before your phone dies, I just want to tell you, anytime you want to come back, just hit us up. Anytime you got a project to produce, send it to us. I mean, a project to promote, send it to us. We'll, we'll put it all over our social medias. We'll promote the shit out of it. And we'll, well, you know, we'll love to, to, to just keep in contact and do more shit together. Keep collaborating. Oh, well, let's yeah, do I, it, man. Again, I appreciate y'all having me on. I'm, I'm on 2% and it's dying even faster. <laughs> but I appreciate oh, no. y'all having me on, man. I look forward to listening to the podcast. And uh, much success to you guys. Thank you. Uh, and, just, and, I, and whenever I got something I need to talk about, I'll definitely come back on the platform and speak with you guys about it, for sure. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And... Um, and- so where where can the people, the listeners that are listening here, find you uh, on like on uh, the internet? What's your Twitter, uh, Instagram? On, on Twitter, on Twitter, and yeah, on Twitter and Instagram, it's Lil Mook for real. That's L I L M O O K. The number four real Lil Mook for real on Instagram and Twitter. I got a Facebook page, but I barely be on there. It's Lil Mook, just regular Lil Mook. Um, uh, that's basically all the social media platform I, I really be on, but I don't even really be on Facebook. Normally, just really be on Twitter. I get on Instagram from time to time, but okay. you can follow me. I'll follow you back, and we can kind of communicate and converse that way. But, oh, yeah. oh, 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 and I got to plug LilMook.com. Go to oh, my yeah. website, LilMook.com, L-I-L-M-O-K.com. I got all my music on there. You can stream my music on my website, and you can also buy it with U.S. dollar, and I also accept cryptocurrency and Ooh. our favorite coin, Dogecoin. Accept hey. it as a formal payment. That's what's yeah. up, bro. That's well, thanks, what's man. up. Yeah, thank well, you for thank coming. You for being on, uh, we're gonna link your your website on our description and, and the show notes and whatnot, so people can find it easily. Uh, we'll we'll put a link up on our social medias. Like I said, we're gonna promote the shit out of you. Uh, any anytime you got a project, just come on through, man. It's all love on our side, 
and uh, we just want to keep keep in touch. Yeah. Well, sounds good to me, man. It was good to meet you, Danny. It was good to meet you, Kyle. I appreciate y'all having me on, man. Y'all have a good night, bro. Thank you, you too, man. man. You, you too. have a blessed night. Y'all take it easy. Take take care, man. All right, I'll wrap with you. Peace. Bye. Bro, All right, guys. ladies and gentlemen, that was Lil Mook. I got to say, this was a fun, fun interview on our end. We oh, had yeah. a blast. We we learned a lot. I genuinely learned a lot, dude. And uh, I, you know me. I geek out every time I get to talk to someone that's in the music industry. I yeah. just I'm a, I'm a music nerd. I love the in, I love how the industry works, and I always want to learn more. And dude, that was fucking dope. I'm not gonna lie. Doge Army one is 100. You know. 100. percent 100. 100. percent But yeah, guys. Uh, so thank you guys for listening. If you like what you heard, please give us a five star rating and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, also give us a thumbs up on Spotify and a follow and like us on any other streaming services you listen to. Um, please tell your friends about us. Word of mouth is the best way to grow. Uh, once again, thank you guys for listening. Uh, big shout out again to Little Mook for for jumping on here with us, and uh, thank you to our uh, you know sponsors that you know continue to help support the show. Um, yes. Until next time, peace. Peace, guys. Thank you all for listening. I just wanna do something to make my mama proud of me See my kids smile for me, count a lot of money I'ma jump off in a pile of it Last night I dreamed at my show I started crowd surfing And the crowd loved it All my life I wanted to be one of the biggest rappers But that didn't work out how I planned So it's a continued chapter If you still trapping but you broke Then you hustling backwards I know some niggas down that road still locked in them shackles I talk to them every other week They can't wait to come home I know some soldiers in that war that may not make it back home I'm being patient for some Seven, why it taking so long? I feel like I just been waiting too long. I dress too impressed, depending on what occasion I'm on. It made me smile just to see my daughter face on the phone. When my brother come home, it's a celebration we on. We living life, family trips, we on vacation, we gone. Hey, I just want to do something to make my mama proud of me. See my kids smile for me, count a lot of money. I'ma jump off in a pile of it. Last night I dreamed that my show, I started crowd surfing. And the crowd love it. I just wanna do something to make my mama proud of me. See my kids smile for me, count a lot of money. I'ma jump off in a pile of it. Last night I dreamed that my show I started crowd surfing. And All my life I wanted to do something to make you proud Ever since I was a child, sorry if I let you down I know I'm the heir to the throne, so I protect the crown Until my kid get old enough for me to pass it down They hug me every day like I just came back in town Tell them folks I'm back around, cooking up a classy sound If you in the streets, the police gon' probably pat you down Came from that same environment, going ass around Yeah, we had dreams of being rich and famous Mama told her the street was dangerous But we didn't listen, we just went to banging, jumped out the Porsche and went straight to slanging, true story, no entertainment, I got smart and they could contain me, started my own label, bounce back entertainment, and I hope my mama proud of me now, good credit, I ain't missed a payment, yeah. I ain't Mr. Payne. Hey, I just wanna do something to make my mama proud of me. See my kids smile for me, count a lot of money. I'ma jump off in a pile of it. Last night I dreamed at my show, I started crowd surfing. And the crowd loved it. I just wanna do something to make my mama proud of me. See my kids smile for me, count a lot of money. I'ma jump off in a pile of it. Last night I dreamed at my show, I started crowd surfing. And the crowd loved it. Big jumping in the back.
I'm making them plays in Delaware. Delaware. Such a medusa, my underwear. Such a fuck, nigga, better have heat. Whipping the babies are summer. Hell with them keys, no organ. Whipping the babies are summer. Hell with them keys, no organ. Big jumping in back. I'm making them plays in Delaware. Such a medusa, my underwear. Such a fuck, nigga, better have heat. Whipping the babies are summer. Hell with them keys, no organ. Whipping the babies are summer. Hell with them keys, no organ. Big jumping in back. I'm making them plays in Delaware. I woke up and stole a brick in my pajamas I'm beating the pot, scratching the dough And giving the crunch to my uncle Bricks all in the fender Plus I got pounds stuffed in the bumper I'm killing this mic, eating you rappers Damn, I'm Jeffrey Dummer I'm balling them niggas I ain't handling the rock, I'm shooting these jumpers My trap is a jungle Cause he going eight and I keep a llama Shout out to my mama I tracked her spot, doing some numbers 2008, I swear, I made like 50 bands that summer I'm making these plays in Delaware Nigga on road running everywhere I'm scrapped with a 40, third around clip Hanging right out of my underwear Never a dry to my hood, I go get them pounds I left in the Tupperware Never a dry to my hood, I go get them pounds I left in the Tupperware Whipping the babies are summer Hell with them keys, no organ Whipping the babies are summer Hell with them keys, no organ Big jump in the back I'm making them plays in Delaware Such a medusa, my underwear Shoot a fuck, nigga, better have heck Whipping the babies are summer Hell with them keys, no organ Taking these chances, my bitch in the kitchen, she cooking. I'm making the whipping, no panties. I weigh up the cash, selling these gas, bass, or Los Angeles. I'm eyeballing work, selling these Grammys, whipping these babies, no nannies. My plug speak no English. I always talking in Spanish. We pull up, pop the trunk, switch the cars out and vanish. I'm whipping these babies, selling these orphans like Annie. Trapped at the bando, that's a building, that's a bandy. I'm making these plays in Florida. Jeff Carter Boy, my Migos, Quavo, I'll set and take off or take your order. I'm making these plays in Florida. Brick Jeff Carter Boy, my Migos, Quavo, I'll set and take off or take your order. Whipping the babies are summer. Hell with them keys, no organ. Whipping the babies are summer. Hell with them keys, no organ. Big jump in the back. I'm making them plays in Delaware. Such a medusa, my underwear. Shoot a fuck, nigga, better have heck. Whipping the babies are summer. Hell with them keys, no organ. Such a medusa, my underwear. Such a fuck, nigga, better have heck.